Welcome back in Garage Talk Podcast with Jason Allen. Hopefully I don't fall off the bicycle. It's been a while. We've had a kid. I think we did one of these after we had the baby, but I feel like it's been so long. I think she's almost three weeks old and well, here we are. Episode 32, one of my favorite people, Daylene Thomas. She and I go way back a few years, definitely a couple. Welcome in. Thank you. I'm happy to have you here. It would have been better if I could have had you over to the house because then you could have got to see all the kids running around and they could have chaosed and drove you crazy for a little while, but uh, I'm sure you probably would have loved it. I would have loved it. Now we go back. We, well, I honestly, I don't even remember our first meeting. I was probably pretty little when we met the first time. Um, But for you and I, we really got to know each other better when you were my basketball coach in high school at Glendale High School. So that's like been 25 years, Jason. You had to point that out, didn't you? (laughs) Well, I'm way older. Well, I'm glad you pointed (laughs) it out because I actually wanted to bring up some of your playing days and get into that just a little bit, which you played before I did. Eh, not, Not too much earlier. I don't know if you want to say when your playing days were and when you graduated from Glendale High School. I'll leave that up to you. Uh, that was 1985. Um, I ended up going to Umpqua Community College and playing basketball under Cy Perkins. And uh, we started out with a team of 14 and ended up with a team of five. Um, I was six months pregnant with my oldest um, hid that for my coach. Um, because we only end up having five people, um, I obviously slept a lot on the bus, um, was very fatigued. I think the coach ruled that as kind of lazy, and he had no clue that I had my own little basketball going in my own tummy. Um, but it was a great experience. Um, loved being able to play. Um, came you know, from Glendale High School, so it was a very small school, as you know, um, very family and team-oriented, and that kind of led me um, into um, loving the game more and wanting to give back. So what was it like for you? I'm curious, when you, you said you were pregnant with your own little basketball, was that your first year at UCC, or was it the second year? It was my first year. Okay. Um, it was unexpected. And honestly, I didn't even know. Um, I was four months pregnant and before I had found out. Wow. What was so, that like? It was a shock. Um, obviously, you know, when you're playing on a team like that and on the go, 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 um, you know, you're wondering why you're tired, you're fatiguing out. Um, all of a sudden, you know, you're flying down the court and realizing that you start having a little bit of a pot belly and like, where did this come from when uh, you're on the go and training so hard? Um, So it was a shock, um, but I always think that things happen for a reason and it was definitely a blessing. Um, But it was a, it was a good healthy pregnancy, I think, because I was so fit and um, couldn't let my team down. Were you able to play the whole season? I did. I played the whole season. So when you finished the season, how far along were you? Six months. Okay. Wow. And when did they find out? Is it after the fact? Uh, I told him uh, my second to the last game um, because he said, 
you know, what's wrong with you? You're just slowing down. You're tired all the time. You sleep every bus ride. And I said, okay, you really want to know? I'm pregnant. He goes, what? You're going to give up your career. (laughs) You know, of course, uh, coach talking because obviously there was going to be some opportunity there. Um, I had been talking to Lynn Benton and a few other colleges up north. So, but, you know, God had another plan. So, so at that point, did you decide to stay in school or did you have to leave because you were pregnant? I stayed in school, uh, finished that first year, and then um, we ended up having Tara. And uh, at that time, I decided not to go back at that time. And how long was it before the other kids followed? Uh, they were 15 months apart. So um, I didn't find out that I was pregnant with twins until I was almost five months and so you thought so. you just had one or you didn't know you had one at all? Yeah, I just thought I had one. Okay. Um, I was super sick. So we had went in and had an ultrasound and found out that uh, from the nurse said, well, this is baby A and this is baby B. <laughs> and that's exactly how she told us. And a I'm and like, B. wait a minute, you're talking about two babies and not the placenta. And she said, Exactly you're having twins. And I just was like, no way. So there was, you know, quite a bit of shock there. Of course, I couldn't wait to get home to call my parents. And um, at that time, I lived in California. And um, it was not too much longer. My parents drove down and packed us up and moved us back to Oregon um, because I became bedridden and for the rest of the pregnancy, which was about three months. And and part of that just because you're having twins or just it was just one of those pregnancies that was more difficult? Uh, it was pretty difficult and I was pretty sick and Tara was only one. So it was like triplets. So I needed some extra help. And yeah, I'd say were, so. Yeah, they were a blessing. Yeah, just sure. having to be bedridden at all. I can't even imagine what that must be like just knowing what it's like. When someone's not bedridden and you have kids running around, one or more than one, it's crazy as as can get. I mean, just tonight before you and I jumped on here, it's like, hold on, let me get a refreshment and I'll I'll get right back to you. Then I think either three, I think at least three of the kids are out of bed. It was just one of those nights where it was like, there's one, there's two, there's two. Two back and three, and it's just coming and going. I'm just like, man, it's just, and the baby was fussy earlier. I'm like, is tonight just not a good night? But then it kind of <laughs> settled down a little bit. I mean, who knows what's happening out there right now, but uh, <laughs> I, I your wife's on. probably wanting to keep you. <laughs> <laughs> probably. But I mean, if push comes to shove, she can come in here. You know, I think she's fine as long as her Hallmark movie channel streaming app is working fine. Um, it's one of those things that I, I bought for her around Christmas time because we don't have TV. I mean, we have some of the streaming. We have Netflix, but other than that, we really don't have much. So I got her the Hallmark app so she could watch the Christmas movies. Well, it turns out there's not a ton of them on there, but it's better than nothing. It wasn't really working correctly. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent here. But more recently, she figured out how to get it to work, which has been awesome because when she's out in the living room... And she has the baby and she's nursing or bouncing on the ball at 4 a.m. or whatever. She can just pop on the Hallmark movies. And 
I know. I don't know how you are. It's your but, happy place. But most ladies, <laughs> and I get sucked in from time to time. I mean, I'm up for oh, a yeah. rom-com. I mean, they're all the same, but I still get sucked in like it's going to be different this time. But anyway, she was watching that. So I'm like, let me know if I'm screwing up your uh, your Hallmark app because we're on a video <laughs> call here. So if I'm screwing it up, just let me know. But uh, So as long as that's working, uh, she should be good. But uh, anyway, so... So you get the twins. That's exciting. And uh, hey, what was that like once they finally arrived? Were, were you were you feeling much better after that, or, or what was it? Uh, it was pretty rough. Um, I think right at that point in my life, um, I was still living with my parents, and um, that's when my parents actually bought a car dealership in Grants Pass that is now uh, Lithia. So my mom went to work for the first time, um, full time and was like, Hey, good news for me. Bad news for you. Peace out. Uh, I literally am getting a job and I'm not going to be able to help you. So we moved into Glendale into a very small apartment and, uh, it was tough. Um, three babies, 19 years old, um, Pretty much felt alone and uh, overwhelmed, young, immature, not knowing really how to care for these kids and and function, you know, a lot by myself. It wasn't probably too much longer. It was maybe a few months um, that a friend from high school came by and said, hey, I heard that you have twins and I don't really have a lot going on, so... That was my friend Angie uh, West, and she um, pretty much showed up every day faithfully and uh, helped me out. I know that God must have had his hand in that because uh, it was a lot to take on. And um, I mean, without her, I wasn't even able to get a shower in the day. So she pretty much came faithfully every day and grabbed a baby and um, helped with Tara and pretty much helped me raise the kids until I got them into school. Wow. As you think back to, you know, high school and what you wanted to do, obviously you're a really good basketball player and you, you ended up going to UCC and playing basketball with the basketball inside you at the same time. Um, you know, what did you want to do? You know, is that something that, I mean, was basketball the main focus or was it basketball and school as you kind of got into it? More than anything, it was basketball. Basketball, I thought, was going to be um, pretty much my career, my life. Um, I loved it. I loved the game. I loved playing all the time. Um, I also wanted to be um, a gourmet chef. I had signed up for a chef school in uh, New York um, right about the time that um, – uh, Eric had proposed to me, and so I ended up getting married instead and staying here in Oregon. Um, but it was a passion that I always hoped to fulfill. Um, but since uh, you know I had three kids, I knew that you know basketball was probably something that I was never going to be able to go back to. And uh, I think that's the turning point that I thought you know I could coach. I could give back that way. And so how did that all come about? 
attended the games and um, I just kept playing um, on the side when I could. Um, and it came about that um, one of the coaches had quit and uh, they needed somebody and Steve Prock reached out and I said, hey, I'd love to do it. So at that point, um, I kind of stepped in as an assistant and then it evolved um, from there um, when you guys didn't have a JV coach and Vince Swaggerty didn't have a varsity assistant. And thankfully for me, uh, both Steve Prock and Vince Swaggerty were open to having a woman step into that role. And then it kind of just evolved from there. Um, it was definitely a blessing. I felt very humbled to be able to have that opportunity. And, you know, never did I think that any of you boys would be like, hey, you know, we don't really want a woman as a coach. And, you know, I think I kind of won you guys over because um, I could cook. I tried to feed you guys, and I always know a way to a man's heart is through a stomach. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I'm trying to remember. I was thinking about it today. I was out, out for a run this afternoon, and I was just scratching my head trying to think about like some of my first memories of when that happened. And I just vaguely remember someone saying like who our coach was going to be. And obviously I wasn't going to be on the varsity team at that point. And I was like, huh? You know, I just remember being like, really? But not in a bad way, but I'm like, that's really going to be our coach. Well, this should be interesting, you know, because I mean, I knew yeah. who you were, but I didn't, I'm like, well, okay, well, this, it's not something that you see all the time. Matter of fact, one of the things that really stuck out to me, recently was my mom reached out to me. And one of the reasons I reached out to you when I did was because she said, Hey, you know, um, you know, there's a lot of women's basketball news recently with the Oregon team that had done very well. And, and my mom brought it up. She's like, you know, you remember, right? Daylene was pregnant when she was at UCC and, and I'm pretty sure she's one of the only female coaches in Oregon to ever coach boys. And I'm like, well, I don't know where to even find the information of, of of that, you know, like I don't I don't know how to find out how many female coaches there's been in Oregon, but do you have any idea how many there's actually been that have coached boys? I know there's female coaches that coach the ladies, but I'm trying to think. I don't really remember seeing any. You know, when um I first started coaching, it was pretty um you know, the news review reached out a couple times and our local papers and uh the Grants Pass Courier and that kind of thing, and then pretty soon the Med uh Medford Tribune um contacted me. And then um as we finished our first season, um, you know, we, we had a pretty good record and um the Oregonian had reached out and said, you know, hey, we did our research. You know, this is pretty interesting for us because you are the first woman in Oregon to ever coach a man's team. Did you know that? And I laughed because I didn't know that. And um, they said, this is quite the story for us. Um, we're really interested in talking to you. And so they had actually came down to um, one of our last home games and uh, did a big, big article in the Oregonian and talked with us after the game. 
and, you know, just ask me like, you know, what made you get into this? How did this happen? Um, how did the boys react? And, you know, I told him, I said, I was pretty humbled because, um, I didn't really get much grief. I mean, I feel like even the varsity team, it was, you know, Damon Bickle and Grosjean's son and, you know, a lot of those guys that were really great athletes and they were all very, very nice and respectful to me. And so I just felt very humbled and honored uh, to be able to be in that position. Yeah, I remember... um it all being good. You know, I, I just remember it being one of the, the better experiences, you know, of my life. I was on the JV team, a freshman and sophomore during that time period and wasn't going to make the varsity team, got to suit up with the varsity team as a sophomore and play just a little bit. But I just remember us having a great time and you always being positive and always trying to work with us. And, you know, that if we, if, if we tried to play too good a defense when you had to fill in, that you're going to back down in and post us up and then take it to the hole and probably school us at the same time. <laughs> and uh, I remember one time specifically where my voice probably was up a couple octaves afterwards, and I'm surprised I have children after that, but uh, I survived somehow. Um, but I just remember it being a lot of fun. You know, we had, we had a good team and we, we played hard and, and you were fun to be around and, and, uh, it was just a great experience. Well, it was a great experience for me. I, like I said, I felt very honored and, um, I have a lot of great memories because of it. You know, we had a lot of great road trips and, you know, back then it seemed like, Glendale was in a different uh, league, and so, you know, we had to travel far to play um, most of our games. And so, you know, come hell or high water, snow, rain, whatever, it was always an adventure. And so, it was, it was great. Were you on I the trip one. when we went to Chiloquin and one of the bus drivers was doing burnouts and in, in 360s in the snow? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't think they would allow some of those things to happen nowadays. I don't think they would allow it back then, except they didn't know. And I'm pretty sure it was Mitty. Was it Mitty? It might have been. I mean, I'm not going to confirm or deny if it was Mitty Morford, (laughs) but I feel like it's kind of like statute of limitations at this point. Um, I don't, she doesn't drive bus anymore. I think it would probably be a pass, even if, you know, the power, even if she did and the powers that be found out, they'd be like, wow, she's pretty legit, you know? But, um, yeah, I just remember, I remember coming outside. I'm like, what is happening right now? And they're like, we were doing 360s on the bus in the snow. I'm like, what what do you mean you were doing 360s? You know, she was so much fun though. Like she rooted so much for you kids and, you know. She was always so responsible and helpful and never hesitated to pull the bus wherever we needed to pull it and pull off if we were hungry or, or did whatever to pee, it took. Which is all the time. Yeah. <laughs> that too. I still have to pee all the time. I still people still give me a hard time. I'm like, listen, I don't know what to tell you. I have a bladder the size of a two year old. What am I supposed to do here? I just remember how how great she was. You know, she never wanted to leave somebody if we dropped them off at the Zellia store and all there was was a phone booth back then and it was super dark and, you know, she never really wanted to leave anybody behind. So it was really cool. It was cool. We had a great uh, group of people and supporters and 
the parents always back then were really great too. You know, they were um, very inspirational and always had encouraging words to say. Yeah, it's definitely a different time now. I uh, look at it and and when I go back and, and Daylene and I are talking as two Glendale graduates and I'm kind of biased. I've had quite a few people from Glendale on my podcast, but I kind of, I started in my comfort zone with this thing where it was like, I'm going to talk to some of the people I know who have done some pretty cool things that people outside of that area would have no idea. And, um, you know, for us growing up there, we know what it was like and we know what kind of a special place it was. And it's just, it's so weird now that so much has changed. And I think across, across the board, just in general, not just there, but you know, it's, I talked to Steve Swanson about that, about, you know, the small towns and what's changed so much about them. Uh, it's kind of sad, you know, because you look at it, none of us live there. You know, we all moved on to other things. Mm-hmm. But your family, a lot of your family's still there, right? Yeah, that's true. Thankfully. I mean, there's still a lot of good people there. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if I could, who knows, maybe someday, but, um, you know, that slower pace, especially when something like the situation that we're currently dealing with happens. I think it, it makes some of us go, well, I could go back to that slower pace pretty easily and get out of the, you know, race of everything else going on uh, because it is so much slower and you just kind of do your thing and keep to yourself and it's it's kind of appealing at times. But, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's, it's just kind of sad to see some of the industries go away. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a different life You know, I look back and think of all the things that we did growing up there and raising our kids there. You know, you think that there's not a lot in a small town to offer, but, you know, we just made the best of it between going in the hills and snake hunting and, you know, going to play in the snow and, um, you know, having a lot of family barbecues and things like that. There was a lot of interaction, a lot of community support there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I kind of miss that small town. Phil. Well, for sure. You know, for me, the last month or two being at home, because I've been at home since I had jury duty for a week, oddly enough, that ended March 13th, and I never went back to work. I've been working at home ever since. But a lot of this time for me being at home, and I have a couple of acres, and we're just on the outside of Grants Pass. So we're technically in the county and we have room for the kids to run around. But for me, like this time period has been. Um, kind of a reminder of some of those times because you can't just go all the time. And for us, we've just been going for years, you know, whether it's to festivals for work or, you know, Vegas for this award show or whatever it is. And we're just always going here, there and everywhere. We're going to the coast. We've got, we're always doing something. And so for this, this time period, it's been much like growing up as there's just not as many things to do because you don't have an option or we're not supposed to, right? If we're following along with what mm-hmm. they tell us, then you know you should stay home. So for my kids, it's it's much like it was for me because we're not going anywhere now. So it's like, go outside. You want to do something? You go outside and play. Like you get your schoolwork done, then you go outside. And um, it has been refreshing in a lot of ways, though. I think the biggest thing is it makes you stop and reflect. Um, you know... I think there's been a lot of people that have been frustrated by it, and I understand that, especially with people losing jobs and and places, you know, temporary closing and that kind of thing. You know, for me, 
um, life hasn't slowed down. I've worked every single day, and if anything, um, the hours have been um, increasingly busy. And um, but it has given me time to reflect. Um, you know, somebody once told me here not too long ago. It said, "We may not see the ending in sight, but this is going to end." And it really hit home because it felt like, you know what, this isn't as big a deal as some of us make it out to be. Like, we should be hugging our kids and being thankful and grateful for the time that we have and that we're slowing down and taking notice of all the small things that add up to be big things. And you can't get those times back. Yeah, and I hope as we come out of this, that's the one thing I really hope sticks is that we appreciate those things because as I was driving across town today, I had to run over to the bank, <clears throat> and I haven't been out much, just a handful of times, and actually in establishments only two, maybe three times in in two months. So um, it's kind of strange going out and going across town. It just it feels weird. It's like when you come back from vacation and you haven't driven the whole time you're on vacation and you get in your car and you're like, boy, this feels weird. You know, it's kind of like that. But as I was driving back across town, you can tell it's busier around town that people are starting to get out a little bit more. So I thought, man, I hope people don't forget the good stuff. I hope they don't forget the slowing down part. I hope they don't forget what it was like when you couldn't hug your grandma. Like for me, that's, I mean, that was one of the hardest things for me. Like, and especially having the baby and I'll try and keep it in check here. Cause you know, I'm an emotional creature. Virgo, mm-hmm. um, you know, like to have people come over and nobody's been in the house, you know, because of the baby. So it's like we went into lockdown mode in March and nobody comes and goes in the house. So we've literally had people showing up and you and I are on a video chat so you can see the window behind me, but people have literally like looked through the window, you know, at the baby because we're just trying to be super proactive and Maybe Safe. maybe we're too extreme, but we don't want anyone to get sick. And we don't want, I mean, we were at the hospital, so we don't, vice versa, you know. But, like, for mm-hmm. me, I just think about, like, I'll never forget, and I know I said it on a previous episode, but I'll never forget, you know, standing in my driveway and looking at my grandma going, I'm this close, but I'm not, like, I'm, we're going to make sure nobody gets sick, right? So, mm-hmm. it's just, it's the worst best feeling if that makes sense like it's uh right it's terrible that you can't be like we always hug so i'm gonna give you a hug but i can't right now and so um i just hope that as we go forward that we appreciate those times and and make sure we do those things even more than we did before which i'm i try and be a hugger anyway but um just those little things that you take for granted because there's so many how many times have we run across town like i'm just gonna oh you know what thought about it today lunchtime like oh uh, i could just go grab something to eat nope Mm -mm. because we haven't we haven't gone we haven't we haven't bought takeout nothing and so it's just crazy to think about how often we did that before even though we we don't eat out a lot but it's like you think about it oh i'll just run to the store oh wait nope can't you know so it's just you limited your times that you had to have any kind of exposure yeah yeah, and I mean we we've done two big shopping outings and that's pretty much it in 2 months. And so again, referencing back to where we grew up, it was kind of like when we grew up in Glendale, like you didn't go to town every week, you know. Your your parents probably much like mine, they planned, 
And if, oh, yeah. they, if they did go to town, they loaded up the you know station wagon. At first, it was the station wagon, and then you know they got whatever they needed, and they didn't go back and forth to town. You know, it was a it was a special treat, and that's kind of what it reminds me of. Mm-hmm. It was a once a month trip for us. You know, we went to Medford, and uh, that's where we got the majority of our groceries. And um, when we ran out, you know, we we went without. We we waited till we uh, had to go back. So you made do. It's yes. just what you did. You got creative. You know? That's a, that's what we've been doing. Mm-hmm. You just get creative. I'm like, oh, we have some leftover chicken from. We've been fortunate to have a few families drop off meals. You know that made meals because they knew we had the baby. I'm like, oh, leftover chicken. Well, we could chop this up and we could, you know, repurpose it on a salad or whatever. And it really, it really reminds me of being a kid and not having. Oh yeah, and you're thankful that you know from what you grew up like. And, uh, you know, cause you had some self-sufficiency there, you know, mm-hmm. your, your grandpa raised cattle and you, you know, you guys had a lot of beef on the home front and things like that, that we kind of take for granted these days because nothing tastes better than homegrown beef and, you know, grass fed and more natural and no nitrites and mm-hmm. all of those kinds of things. Yeah. It's for funny sure. because my mom had brought over part of a cow. And this was probably, and I don't know how long you're supposed to keep this stuff in the freezer. I know it's terrible that I'm, I don't know right off the top of my head, but I don't know, maybe 2018. So it's, I'm still here, so I'm sure it was fine. But, you know, there's some of the parts you get that's wrapped and you're like, well, this isn't ground beef. This isn't the, the ste-, you know, it's a, <laughs> whatever. It's perfect for a stew. And and we were out there looking around before we went back to the store because we're trying to figure out, like, before we had the baby, we were trying to stretch it along as far as we possibly could. So we're out there like, okay, well, we could take this and we could, you know, we could fry up this meat and we could, you know, cut it up. <laughs> Thinking of all these things like, man, that sounds pretty good, right? I'm so happy I have this freezer out here that has this older meat in it that obviously is still edible, but it's like, well, stew sounds pretty good right now. Like... Because we didn't want to go. I mean, at that point, this thing was like really ramping up, and we didn't want to go to the store, and we were being super cautious. So, um, yeah, it's amazing what you can do and how you can stretch meals, and then how much waste there actually is. Even though we it's, try and be aware on on a regular basis, like I'm always harping on my kids because my parents were old school, much like yours probably were. Where like you don't throw that, you don't throw stuff away, and. And so now you eat even, what's on your plate. Yeah, even more so. Like, and I, it was weird having that talk with my kids when I was like, I got emotional at the table, you know, because they said something. I'm like, it was early on in this thing. I'm like, I'm like, you guys don't understand what's happening right now. And that was like when the, I mean, we're taking a huge financial hit. All that stuff's piling on. And I could just feel the weight of the world coming on me, and I'm at the table and I'm holding court, like you don't get it. And you're going to, you know, not in a bad way, but I'm like, you need to understand that like, you can't, there's going to be things that are different and you might not have. And, and, um, yeah. So I was really, you know, <laughs> preaching to them two different times actually. And they're kind of like, Whoa, like what's wrong with what's dad? Wrong with him right now? <laughs> I started crying one day. I was like, but I was like so passionate about it. I'm like, I just need you guys. Like, I think Kimberly was at a doctor's appointment. I'm like, I need you guys, just everyone on the couch, sit down. <laughs> like, here's what's happening. And I kind of laid it out there, and they're just, they all, they're, you know, eyes start welling up with tears. I'm like, I'm not trying to freak you out. I'm just telling you there's a lot going on, and I just need you to be good listeners, you know? So, 
kind of went off on a tangent there, but yeah. It's probably hard for kids too, you know, because this is, this is definitely a first and, uh, you know, it's hard to wrap your brain around the fact that are we scared to go outside, you know, because at the very beginning of all this, like we just didn't know what we didn't know. Right. And, um, you know, for me, like I'm actively in it every day on the front line and trying to protect my staff and letting them know, like, I'm not going to have you guys go outside. I'm not going to have you interact. And we're going to be doing a lot of things curbside and by the phones and, we're going to lock the doors and clients aren't going to be able to come in for the first time. And we're going to have to learn how to do telemed. And, um, and if this is the only form of payment is cash or check, then tag I'm at. Um, and, you know, and I was gloving up and, uh, you know, had my mask on and stuff every day, but, you know, there was that a little bit of fear, um, inside of me knowing like, huh, if anybody's going to get sick, it's going to be me. Um, and I was more protective over Jasmine and Dennis because, you know, Dennis is at that 60 age and he also, you know, is on high blood pressure. And then I have Jasmine who we adopted and was a heroin and a fetal alcohol baby and who started out with a very rough immune system. And, uh, you know, it wasn't really part of our plan, but we ended up with her and she's been a little blessing. And so starting over when your youngest are 32 and now she's four has been um, something that, you know, we've walked that line and we've tried to take that, you know, be as prepared and um, be cautious of what we subject her to. And so a lot of times if I had to go into the store or something, you know, it would be me that would go in and the other two would remain in the car because I feel like I'm probably the one that's the healthiest and, you know, I'm at that age that I probably could hold it better than those two could. Yeah. And it's so hard to say with as much information that we're seeing out there. And that's what's really tough about this whole thing is I feel like we still don't really even know. Um, and not to get into the political side of it, because frankly, I'm disgusted with all of our politicians. Um, I feel like there's a lot of people out there that could probably do a much better job handling situations. And I'm not talking about I'm not talking about one person. I'm not singling out the president. That's not what I'm saying. Um, it's just so deep, you know. There's so many different angles to this thing, and and as it's evolved, it appears as though. And again, I'm speaking from my personal opinion here, as though maybe it's not as bad as what we once thought it was. And as we learn more, so it's just tough because we're trying to like navigate the situation. We're trying to be as careful as possible. We're trying to be cautious. But then I find myself like at one minute, I'm like, okay, I have the three week old baby. We're going to be super cautious. And then the other side of me is like, yeah, I'm just ready to get back out there. Like I'm, I don't, I don't do well. I don't mind being home. I've loved being home. I've, I love being around the kids, but I also, want to get after it. And so I, I want to get back out there and help my clients that advertise the radio station. I want to get back to the studio. I want to be able to see my morning show partner, but it's just, it's so hard to figure out what's what with this whole thing. What's the right thing. Mm -hmm. I think for us, you know, we, we've sat down and I've sat down with the three owners and we've hashed and rehashed and, you know, after we get the green light um, and we can do, uh, elective surgeries and things like that. Again, um, I feel that we owe it to our staff to move slowly 
and we probably won't open our doors back to having clients come back in um, for a while. Um, this might be our new norm until we can find out more about this and to make sure that we are putting their safety above all. And for people listening and they don't know, you work at a veterinary clinic up in Roseburg. And what has it been like as far as getting supplies that you guys need to keep safe? Because I know that I've, I work with a couple of dentists and orthodontists down here in Grants Pass that advertise with us, and they they get to go back to work on May 1st. So coming mm-hmm. up later this week, a big challenge for them is that they were strongly encouraged to donate all their gloves, their masks, everything when this hit. So they all rushed to donate like the good Samaritans they are. And now the governor says, yeah, you can go back to work, but good luck getting supplies. So they're scrambling trying to find them. Have you guys been able to keep a decent stock or how has that gone for you? So to be completely honest, um, our owners are very loving and giving. And um, uh, one of the owner's uh, sister and brother-in-law works in the hospital. We gave up a lot of our masks and our gloves to uh, ambulances and uh, hospitals, um, Bend, Mercy, um, and we had um, pretty much bare necessity. So I started to panic a little bit, and um, when I realized, you know, hey, this really hit our surplus, and we don't have very much left. Um, I started jumping on Amazon as quick as I could when this thing first hit. And so there was times that it would limit me to maybe I only got one box of gloves or maybe one box of masks. And then pretty soon we couldn't find masks. So we started making them. Um, North River actually uh, put together uh, with Oregon Serigraphics and made all of our staff um, homemade masks. I saw that your mom was making them too. Mm -hmm. And so we had some filters. And so we're able to, um, one of the new technicians that we hired out of um, Oregon State, um, her and her family were making them quickly for us as well. So we had given up all of our surgical masks other than um, the ones that we could autoclave. And, uh, but, you know, as random as it was, um, Amazon was delivering, you know, not Prime because everybody was shopping on Amazon. But every couple of days, I would get a couple different boxes in, maybe a box of gloves, maybe a box of masks. um, And it kept us going. And so we were fortunate enough to be able to do um, only the surgeries that were necessary. Um, But as we are um, getting close to being open for non-electives, some of our suppliers now are saying that they're able to get us some of those supplies again, like we had before. So we actually made it through, I think the toughest parts. And um, honestly, I think it was thanks to Amazon. <laughs> so Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, some days people go on there and it's unavailable and the next day it might be available. And I know that goes for even shopping in our brick and mortar stores too. The people are just scrambling mm-hmm. all over trying to figure out, you know, what they could find and, and do the best they can. I think I was hitting it like, you know, three and four times a day to just keep going back on there to see what somebody had. And even if I had to pay a higher price, um, but it just seemed like it just kept us going. 
up until this point. So, you know, I, like I said, I feel very fortunate um, because um, we've been able to keep our entire staff. Um, we have a staff of 60 and um, the work has been there for everybody. And so we've been able to, um, you know, serve our clients and um, keep all of those pets healthy and be able to serve the community to the best of our ability through all this. What has it been like for you working there? Because I know before we started the podcast, there was some gold in there that we didn't get on the podcast. And you were talking about all of these different things you do there, which is so many different things. Just touch on some of those different things you do there. And then I'll, I'll come back with a follow-up. So, I'm the practice manager, and I think that position kind of evolved after I started there. Um, I'm also human resource manager. Um, I do a lot of the ordering. I take care of all the employees, the payroll, um, marketing, um, inventory, uh, morale, scheduling, um, employee and customer complaints. Um, If there's angry clients or anybody upset in the practice, I deal with that. Um, all of the communication goes through me. Um, I plan all of our activities. Um, right now we've been giving back to our staff. So we've been feeding them every day for lunch. And so I've had to coordinate all that food and things like that to get, um, brought in and keep the communication lines open. And so, um, I've been sending out emails a couple times a week, just, you know, informing our staff of letting them know, like, we know this is a difficult time, but you guys are all doing a great job, and um, we appreciate the hard work that you do every day. And we know the this is uncharted territories for all of us, but you know, I think in the end we're just one big family, and um, we can do this. And so it's been an amazing ride, and I'm very thankful because I have three wonderful owners that are very supportive of me and allow me to make decisions day to day to do what I need to keep employee morale up. What has it been like watching the staff and how they've handled this situation? Are they closer than they were before it started? I feel like our staff is closer. You know, there's been a lot of people crumbling um, because they are scared. And so I've been able to, you know, take time to sit down with them and pull them outside and maybe go for a walk and let them know like, Hey, we know, we feel it, we love you, we're here, we understand, um, we are going to have your days, but, you know, this is when we all pull together, and we're a team, and this is what a team does. Yeah, it's got to be hard. I know, I've, I mean, I feel so fortunate that I've been able to stay at home, and it almost feels weird at times, because when I go for my run, or out walking, I'll, I'll do a lot of phone calls on my street, and I live off kind of a busy street, and I look at all these people going to work, whether they're, you know, construction or they've got, you know, their excavator or whatever it is. And, you know, people coming and going, maybe they're just going to McDonald's to work. You know, I look and think, man, they have to go out there like they don't have a choice. You know, the whole essential title, you know, and where I've been able to just stay home. So I'm really fortunate in that sense. And I know that for me, even being home, it's a roller coaster of emotions like say, oh, we're all going to have a bad day. I feel like every day is every emotion, you know, for a lot of people. One second, you're like, this is great. I feel good. I got to, you know, roll out of bed, take a shower for me, and I just hop on the air right here in my bedroom. Two hours later, 
seems like all hell's breaking loose in the house. And I'm like, oh, you know, this is crazy. <laughs> and then it's just up, down, somewhere in the middle, back up, back down. You know, it's just, it's so strange. It's It's unlike anything I've ever seen or been a part of. And everyone's just trying to do the best job they can. I think it helps that most people are in similar situations. We're all dealing with the same problem and that we're mm-hmm. all kind of like, okay, I get it. You know, this, if you need to take a time out, go take a time out. If this isn't going right, that I totally, you know, I even told my boss the other day, it was like three 30. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's beer 30. And he goes, yep. Last time I checked it is. I'm like, He's like, I don't care, you know, but he knows I'm getting the work done. I'm trying, but yeah, it's just so all over the place. It is. And we've had a lot of people like just, you know, they're up and then they crumble. And, you know, we're like, take the time that you need to take care of yourself, whether it's the EAP line, whether it's one of us, you know, um, I know that you know, different veterinary practices and things have reached out and, you know, they've had different struggles than what we've had. And we've been fortunate because we've had the clientele and we've had the staff to be able to keep, um, keep going. And, um, you know, it's like I tell my staff every day, you just got to count your blessings. And we're all fortunate enough to have jobs and we got to celebrate the small successes, even if they're tiny. And, um, for us, you know, I feel like every day is a win because we were able to make it through it and serve our clients to the best of our ability. Mm-hmm. So I feel pretty proud. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I can't even count how many times I've told my boss, like, if I can just get a victory, I just need one. I don't care how big it is because when things went south, they went south in a hurry. And we're talking like thousands of dollars in business going out the door in an hour, you know, and that was a shock factor for me. It was like what is happening here? I've never had anything like this happen because it wouldn't happen in a normal setting. You know, when people cancel their advertising, it's usually because it's not working or they're having trouble on their end. It's not because it's working and they're not open. You know, like I had clients saying, it's working tremendously. I'm just not open. I got to cancel. And Mm -hmm. I never in my life had to sit there and go, I totally get it. I totally get it. Any other time I'd be like, well, hold on a second. What what are we doing wrong? What can we do better? What it, you know, did we miss the mark on something and just to watch it go away and there's nothing you can do about it is the strangest feeling. And that mm-hmm. was how it was for weeks and then to finally settle down, everything started to settle down and then slowly but surely people were like, "Okay, well we're still open. We still got to do business. Let's get back at this." And finally it was like one little victory and then another little victory. I'm like, I like we talked earlier about like appreciating the little things. Like I've been very fortunate and I've had a lot of success and not that I ever took it for granted, but to be in a spot where every single victory, no matter how small was like, I won the Super Bowl. It's like, <laughs> yes. Like it was so nice to like open the door of the bedroom and be like, so and so's coming back on the air. Cause before it was like I walk out, I'm like, uh. Oh. Just lost another one, <laughs> you know, just take one after another. I'm like, I'm not used to losing. Like, you know, when yep. it comes to that kind of stuff, it's like you you can't, there's nothing you can do, you know, absolutely nothing. And it's just just such an interesting experience and uh, exercise. But I think in the end, hopefully most of us, I'd like to think we'll come out on the other side better than, than where we were before. 
I think so. I think I'm a firm believer that something good always comes out of something bad. And, and definitely this has been, you know, um, not easy for any of us. But like I said, you got to celebrate your successes and you got to count your blessings. And there, you know, if you're the kind of person that can find a rainbow every day and something, um, you realize like it's the little things that really truly count and matter. And through all this, it has definitely humbled me and made me realize like you get caught up in that every day, just hectic, go, go, go. And, you know, it's like when I get home and Jasmine welcomes me with the open door and says, mom, I have missed you so much. I couldn't wait to give you a hug. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Uh this day made it all worth it. Yeah. You know, just the eyes through a child, it it definitely opens you to, you know, thinking, wow, what does a kid really think and how much better they make your life? Yeah. I, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier being around my kids more than I ever have. And, you know, for me, that's, that's the highlight because now if I, you know, get frustrated in my little office here and I can go outside and my son just took his training wheels off a couple of weeks ago at four well three actually, but now he's four, but you know, so riding his back, come on. And, and he talks like this, Hey dad, come watch me ride my bike. <laughs> pretty sure his voice is deeper than mine. But, I'm pretty um, sure that was you. <laughs> so, so now you know, I get to go out there and watch him and just to be, and he'll come in here in the morning. Now, the last couple of days when I'm doing the radio show and he'll be like, dad, can I lay in your bed? And I'm like, yeah, buddy. And then he's trying to talk to me while I'm on the air. I'm like, trying to tell him, Shh, you know, you can't talk right now. And he's like, I just want to go out and cut some limbs on the trees. I'm like, yeah, so do I, but we have to wait till later. And then he's like, I'm like, buddy, you got to be quiet. You got to like, you got to sit there and be quiet. And he's like, I just wanted a hug. I'm like, okay. you know, but it's just. I mean, I've got gotten to know him so much better. Just in a, it's crazy, you know. Just a month and a half, you realize how See? much time you're actually away. And yeah, when I have to actually go back into the office, it's gonna be weird. You're gonna because, miss those yeah. days. Yeah, and yep. so just to find that balance, because like you said, you know, you, you get so used to the grind where, you know, we all, a lot of us are wired the same way. I feel like I've said this a million times, but we're all, you know, we're wired to just go, 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 do the best job we can, so we can have, 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 and better our lives and better our kids' lives and, you know, all these things that we think we need to do. And then you kind of slow down. And you're like, well, I guess as long as I have enough, you know, to, to put food on the table, you know, that's really become clear to me. Like, as long as we can pay the bills and feed the kids, we'll worry. I'm not worried about the rest. Like, where before it was like, I got to, got to, got to do, you know, and now I'm just like, not going to But work. guess what? Your kids are going to remember. They're yeah. going to remember that you taught them how to ride a bike. And that you were there and that you took that five minutes to read them a story and that you shared with them and you made memories and laughter. And that's the stuff that's going to stand out to them because guess what? When you look back, what stood out to you? Exactly. Mm Yeah. So we need to celebrate this time. And instead of looking at the negative, we need to look at the good because there's a lot of good that's coming out of this, even though we're at home. We are getting things done and we are spending time with family. Mm-hmm. 
And shout out to all those ladies that sat in home at class and learned how to sew from Mrs. Snelling and a host of others. And they've been crushing it, making masks like they're going out of style. I mean, could you imagine the situation we'd be in right now if all of those ladies and sorry, ladies, I'm going to, I'm going to try and paint a picture here, but they're probably between like 50 and older, I'll say. Because uh, I don't know where the top end, I know there's ladies that are up their ways making masks, but if we didn't have all those ladies that sat through home at class in high school making masks, we wouldn't have anywhere close to as many masks on people as we do. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what's And what really, a blessing that's oh, been. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, that there's so many people that have donated and, you know, given of their selves and their time and all of that. Like, I'm so appreciative of those people. Yeah. And there's like a, Amazing. a few other things I wanted to ask you about. We're almost to an hour already. I thought, do we have enough to talk about? Which is silly for me to even say out loud because I'm sure we'd always have enough to talk about. But um, I wanted to touch on a couple other things real quick here before I let you go because I know it's getting late and I have to get up early tomorrow. Um, what was it like to watch your son play college basketball? You know, I think in my mind, I was thinking like, I can't wait for my kids to be in sports and to where I can, you know, teach them and coach with them. Um, but I feel like they really taught me a lot along the way and they were their own people and their own identities and they chose what they wanted to play and watching my kids grow up and especially um, seeing my son play um, at that level was so incredible. Um, You know, he got drafted straight out of high school to play in the minor Dodgers league and what an honor that was. Um, And, you know, the couple times that we flew to see him and, um, you know, because he was so far away, he was in Florida and um, we didn't get to see him nearly as much as we had hoped. Um, But he was there for four years and and played in the minors and loved it. And he grew up a lot and it taught him, you know, about who he was. And uh, then he turned around and went to play for Southern Oregon University and had a full ride in basketball. And having him so close, um, we didn't miss a game. And most of our family attended every game. And it um, it was so much bigger than myself because I was so proud and watching him grow into a man and be humbled and honored. And he ended up being an All-American there. And he also had a baby and a wife and uh, finished his master's um, a year sooner than he should have. And uh, I'm just so proud of him because, you know, he's a teacher now and giving back and he coaches junior high and he has three kids of his own, and he's just a good human, and they all are. And um, it's just incredible to be able to watch your kids become such responsible adults and such great parents. It's just an honor. For people listening who don't know who your son is, uh, who is your son? Eric Thompson. And where does he teach now? He teaches uh, down in Medford. And so, uh, Tara is in Grants Pass, and Eric is in Medford, and Erica is here in Roseburg, and she's a pharmacist at Genoa. 
And so where does your son teach at right now? Oh, gosh, and you're going to ask me that. (laughs) (laughs) I should know the answer, and I don't. Yeah. So I just threw it out Uh, there. Yeah, because he actually teaches, um, I think he taught uh, Kim's gauge, right? Is is he at Hedrick? No. McLaughlin. I don't know why. McLaughlin. Okay. Yes. I know I've seen stuff and it's late. I'm giving us both the benefit of the doubt because I know I don't know what time you started this morning, but I started at five something and it's nine thirty six. <laughs> so we both get a pass on this one. And uh <laughs> Eric, we apologize for not knowing. We both should know. And your mom knows she it's just late. Um It was McLaughlin. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um Okay, so what was the other thing I was going to ask you? Oh, I know what it was. So what do you think of the state of women's basketball here in the state of Oregon? Has it been exciting for you to watch what's happened? I mean, obviously before the tournament got canceled. Uh, what has it been like for you to see these ladies and see their success? Pretty amazing. Of course, I'm excited just because, you know, it always has seemed like kind of a, a man's world and um to see them dominate um is awesome like because i think there are so many phenomenal women athletes and sometimes i feel like they don't get the recognition um you know me personally growing up and working in a man's world where you know i started out in the mill and there wasn't a lot of women there then um now, not so much. There's a lot of women. And um, I feel like it's incredible to see these ladies bring it to that level and um, reach success. Yeah, it's too bad we didn't get to see it play out in the tournament. But I think most of us know it was going to happen. And they were going <laughs> to steamroll through everyone. I got to go watch their last two games at home. Uh, the only two games I ever got to see in person uh, of the ladies and uh, I was just so fortunate to be able to go and it just kind of came together at the last second. So even more grateful now once the tournament got canceled because, um, you know, they had the Pac-12 uh, tournament and then now uh, obviously it was, that was it. But um, yeah, it's cool to see. And it's cool to see Sabrina get so much attention from all the guys. And I'm not talking about guys that just want to want her attention. I mean, yeah. Steph Curry and obviously Kobe before that happened. Yeah, um, exactly. That was very touching. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, anyway. Absolutely. Well, we're almost to an hour. What else do you want to talk about before I let you go? (laughs) You know what? You have been such a blessing in my life, and I'm so thankful to have your friendship and to see you grow into the person that you are. You're such an incredible human and a great father and husband and role model, and I'm just so proud of you. I know. I, don't, I appreciate that. Um, thank you. That was very nice of you. I feel like my face is redder than it was when we started this <laughs> podcast. Um, I know. I don't get to see you enough. That's the only bummer is uh, with you up in Roseburg. But you know what? Maybe after Corona's done with, and I feel like I've said this to a few people lately, we need to just make it happen. And That's uh, right. You know, We can because, meet in the middle. Yeah, absolutely. Or shoot, I can just go for it and just cruise all the way up there because we can once we actually can or are supposed to. But, um, (laughs) 
Well, I appreciate your time. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I know there's a million other things we can talk about, but I definitely wanted to get you on here because you have definitely uh, unique life experiences with not only playing college basketball as a female, but being pregnant at the same time. I mean, you've done all kinds of different things from coach boys, me being one of them, to working in the mill, to, I mean, all these other things we didn't even touch on, but um, you're just an awesome person, and uh, I appreciate all of the, uh, you know, teachable moments you had with me because you definitely had an impact on me for sure, and, you know, some of those times were some of the best times, and I really uh, enjoyed it for sure. Thank you, Jason. Well, I appreciate you, and I know you're going to do big things in this life. If we can just get out of the coronavirus, right? That's right. <laughs> Even if we don't, I feel like we can still. I mean, I, I, I have some. I feel like I have some good ideas that I came up with just being stuck at home. Like I'm already working on a side business just in case this radio thing doesn't work out. I'm like, I've got a whole <laughs> list of slogans for uh, for t-shirts. Uh, you know, just in case. See, uh, something always good comes out of something like this. <laughs> Let me see if, before I let you go, let me see if my notes are still, I don't know if I should share them though. I've got, see, you you can see my spiral. This is like, does this not take you back to high school? This is what I'm using, a spiral notepad that my wife had. This is my work notes. Like, see all that red? People listening can't see it. But somewhere I wrote down my t-shirt slogans. Maybe I can tell you one of them. One of them was pre-claw, you know, for all the white claw fans. We're talking about pre-clawing. You know, when you have your first white claw or two, you're pre-clawing. Um, what's the other one? Oh yeah. I can't be responsible for your visual. And that we came up with that after the facial hair started growing out in the hair. I want to, I'm just going to get a shirt that says I can't be responsible for your visual. Anyway. Oh, it's so funny. Cause this client called in yesterday and said that he, uh, you know, he said, good medicine takes FaceTime. I gotta be able to see the doctor's face. So when he reads me blood work and test results, I can see his reaction, so I know if it's good or bad. And so I told him, I said, you're not going to be able to get that FaceTime, one, because you can't come in the clinic, but two, you wouldn't be able to see it anyways because he's wearing a mask. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) Yeah, it'll be fine. Take take whatever. It's going to be just fine. (laughs) So... It's all good. It is. All right. So here's how I usually end this thing is one bit of advice to people out there, you know, trying to navigate this crazy world. Like what do you, what's your go-to when you try and like you're managing all these employees, you've got the little one that you didn't think you were going to have, all of these situations out there in this crazy world. What What's your go-to piece of advice? Oh, man, that's tough. My go-to is... Just live each day as it was your last because you got to count your blessings and uh, do your best to leave a footprint on this earth and do good. Can't go wrong with that. That's right. Well, again, I appreciate your time. This has been a real pleasure. And uh, 63 minutes later. Here we go. Here we are. All right. Thanks, Jason. Well, thank you. This has been a lot of fun. All right. You can find it just about anywhere. GarageTalkPodcast.com, Apple. Oh, I haven't done this in a while. I'm trying to remember all these different platforms off the top of my head, and it hurts. Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. It's all there at GarageTalkPodcast.com. Check it out. Rate, review, five stars. is always appreciated. 
and we'll be back again hopefully soon it's been a couple weeks but i'm gonna try not and wait so long until the next one daily thomas our guest and we'll be back again soon